Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Before we begin the interview today, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Caleb. I met Caleb when I was working in Ethiopia with my nonprofit, the Ethiopian Family Fund, and he had a spinal deformity that um, my brother-in-law, Dr. Rick Hodes, helped him to get surgery for, and just to explain, um, spinal deformities are very prevalent in Ethiopia, and there are different reasons, but nobody really quite understands why they are so prevalent. But Rick is at the forefront of helping these children um, receive surgery in all different countries, India, Israel, and others. So just wanted to explain that a little bit. Caleb and I have become very good friends, and he's, he's a beautiful human being. So enjoy the program. Today, I have Caleb Tedessa, all the way from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, to, to be with us today. And I am so excited about this interview. Caleb and I are are very good friends. And as many of you know, I work in Ethiopia and he's always um, such a wonderful person to see and spend time with and such an incredible inspiration. And that's why I wanted him to, to come on the show today. So Caleb, I really feel like that you're you're one of my Ethiopian nephews. <laughs> and um, so let's just start at the beginning and tell, tell us a little bit about your beginning, your family, and, and that sort of thing. Thank you very much for having me on your great show, Marla. Yeah. I feel so honored to be here. Mm-hmm. And you're such a great person to me and to my family. Um, Thank you. My name is Kalabas, you said. Most people can't pronounce it, so I'll just say Caleb, but it's <laughs> Kalab. I was born and raised in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. It's in Africa, for those of you who doesn't know. Um, I was raised in Addis Ababa like a normal Ethiopian boy, but my parents come from the poorest and the poorest. Um, my mom used to make 43 birr a month and my dad used to not have any money, any salary. So we used to live in just that. In that time, that's like maybe two, three dollars a month. Um, but we used to live there in that situation as well. When I was growing up, I was the first child from my family and there's my uh, sister who's now 19. They took care of me as if I was a fragile baby. So my mama would not let anybody touch me. She would roll me in this uh, clothes and nobody is allowed to touch me. Even 
then my father has to hold me when he's around. So I was like this fragile boy uh, growing up. But one day, someone who's looking for me um, dropped me on the floor from the bed. So I fall down, I was sick, I was crying all day. They took me to a traditional healer. I, they couldn't do anything about it. So they thought I was dying. And even the neighbors uh, around me called each other and said, Kala was dying, that this son is dying. So everyone was shocked. My mama was crying, but God intervened. And in that moment, this is when they tell me the story. So I was like maybe days old and my life came back. Um, since then, I, I went through a lot of challenge health-wise. And as you all know, most Ethiopians don't live in a good financial status. So we were struggling in finance, but that wasn't the main issue. The issue was health-wise. So when I grew up, I used to have a lot of pain in my belly, a lot of pain in my back. Nobody knows what's going on. So when I grew up, I went to high school, I went to elementary school in the nearby. And when I was about 12 years old, they no, I never noticed that there is something in my back that's making me go like this. I couldn't know what it is, but my mama noticed that I fallen down when I was a baby. So she immediately said, that was the cause. So they took me to hospitals, blood line, to all the good hospitals, but they couldn't find any cure for me. It was devastating for my family because they want to help. I'm the only child, the man they have in the house, but there's no help in the country. Um, but one moment when they took me to the Black Lion Hospital, the board meeting, uh, they call me and they say, Caleb, uh, we want to help you, but there's nobody in the world who can help you. So what we can do is we can just leave you like this and you'll just die one day. That's what they said. They didn't even care for my emotions. This is the board of the Black Line Hospital, the teaching hospital of Addis Ababa. I lost hope. Since that day, I was devastated to leave. I lost all the hope in the world. I don't like going to school. I don't like hanging out with my friends. I'm always shy and embarrassed. I don't want anybody to see my back, so I'll put jackets on here. When I was in that sadness is where I found the hope in this doctor that I'm about to talk. His name is Dr. Ricos. He used to work at Mother Teresa's mission at that moment. So somebody said, uh, there is this French, which is a white, which means white, a French doctor in, uh, in Sadiskilo that you should go visit. He's helping a lot of people in that area and anyone coming from all over the city and the countryside. So I went the next Saturday to the start. The moment I saw him, he, he hugged me with a great hug. Like he delivered me from many things just with a hug and a smile and with the way he treated me. Then he put me, he asked me to take my shirts off, examined me, took x-rays, photos, and said he could help me. He said, this is what he does and he can give me another life. I was, you have no idea what the feeling. I went through it, so I, I know the feeling and I don't know how to express it. At once you lost all hope. You don't even want to hang out with your family and friends. 
And just now you got all the hope back. And it was like a rebirth for me. That was the day I started leaving. So I started following up with them. A few years later, I'm on the flight to Ghana for spine surgery. I went alone, I was 16 at that time. Uh, I had a, a long surgery. They put screws and rods in my back and I became straight. Um, life began. I came back to Addis Baba. Nobody could believe what happened to me. I'm a new man, new hope, new mindset. I mean, I'm totally different person. My friends couldn't believe that's me. They, they saw a new personality in me that they've never met. Even me, I was new to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I believe that my life truly started. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, should I? Yeah. Yes, yes. So how did your faith play a role i know you're orthodox christian correct As i used to be now i'm a i'm a christian a protestant christian okay okay so how did your faith play a role in in all of this um my mother used to pray every day for me literally every night she would go out so that nobody can see her in the dark and she would pray every day that I get healed. I believe that those prayers was accumulated and God answered them on those on that day that I, I made Dr. Rick. Um, I was young, so I didn't have a lot of spiritual life in those in those times. So I lost hope because I didn't have faith in the future. But as I mentioned, my mother used to pray for me every day and those prayers were answered on that day. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. So I know now that you, you pray a lot and your faith has, um, you know, it's a, a huge part of your life. It is your life really. And can you tell us about the story of the woman that you now work with Rick? And I have to mention that I do remember when I was, when I was there and we were interviewing those small children to go to Ghana for heart surgery and you were the interpreter and I was asking all, you know, different kinds of questions to, to their parents who were so scared and anxious. And then you, I think you actually went with the children, didn't you? To right. yes, yes I did. to take care of them, which is uh, so, so amazing and so, so important. And so tell us the story about the Lazarus story. That's my favorite story of all times. <laughs> um, so, about five, six years ago, uh, again, I've, I've been, my life changed after I met this doctor and after the surgery. Then I started questioning, why is my life this prosperous now? It was going downhill and now it's going uphill. I'm having hope, I'm having new life, I'm having new energy. So I started asking myself, there must be God. A God that answers something. So I started searching God everywhere. I can tell you this for sure. 
uh, I used to go to all the Orthodox churches every day at night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with my mom. But I couldn't feel the, the, the confirmation in my heart in the Orthodox churches. So I had to go to the Catholic churches with my friends who are Catholic. So I went to Catholic church for like three months every Sunday. Again, I couldn't feel uh, what I, I was expecting. Then one day I went to this church that I personally think and believe that I make God. That's an encounter for me, a real encounter with the Lord, which I gave my life after that day. So since that day, I, I read the Bible a lot. I, I, I changed another layer of life. Um, one day, as you mentioned, I, I have a strong relationship with the patients and with their families because I relate to them. I, I know what they're going through and I know I really feel them. So one day there was a patient that was staying at Dr. Rick's house waiting for her treatment. She was paralyzed for two years. She couldn't walk from the neck down. She couldn't move anything, even her hands. Everything was like numb. All she could move was her head. Dr. Rick was trying to help her, trying to get surgery somewhere. In those times, until he find a solution for her, he tells her to, to go back to her country, where she's from in Gondor, uh, and that he'll call her when he finds a, a better solution. That moment, she calls me and says, Caleb, I'm traveling to my country tomorrow. I want to say bye to you. Also, I want you to pray for me because I believe God can help. At that moment, I was moved. That was the stage that I was really experiencing the Lord, experiencing the word of God, experiencing the, the divine, the, the, the heavenly things. So I drove at like 120 and got to Dr. Rick's house. I was super excited. I was super excited to pray for her, to express something for her. And I sat next to her and I said, don't lose hope. Let me tell you a story. Actually, that was the time of Passover. So I opened my Bible to John 11 and the, John the Gospel, and I read her the story of Lazarus. And Lazarus was dead for four days. He was not sick. He was not paralyzed. He was dead. They were sure that he was dead. They put him in the cave. So I told her that story. But one moment, Jesus He came and said, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me will have life and will never die. So they believed and opened the cave for him. And Jesus called Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus walked. When I finished telling her this story and I laid my hands on her hands and prayed for her, she jumped out of the bed and fell down on the floor. I was so scared. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't expect that. So I called somebody, uh, one of the kids in there and said, this woman has fallen. I don't know. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was so scared. We touched her. She's numb. She's literally not feeling anything. All you can hear is she's breathing. That's good. At least she's breathing. 
She, I have a picture, I'll share it with you. I took a picture. She was fallen on the floor for like four hours. We were so scared. I waited 30 minutes, an hour, nothing was moving. So we bring her up into the, into the chair and sofa that she was lying on. And I ran away because I thought I killed somebody. I ran away, I drove to my office. I was scared. I was praying in my car. What's going on? Few hours later, when I called to check the cook, she's still there. Then I started getting very scared. Truly, I didn't know that was a miracle. I didn't know that was an intervention. I didn't know what was going on. So we drove to Dr. Rick's house. I drove to Dr. Rick's house and uh, brought water in a, in a jar and put her in her face. And immediately she wakes up. But now, she was moving her hands, moving her legs, and she's crying, she's screaming. Everybody there was scared. I can tell you, at that moment, I was so scared. I didn't even really know that I, it was me who prayed for her because that is not me, it's somebody else, and I call it Jesus. Uh, she wakes up with her hands moving, with her legs moving, and I was so moved by the Lord. After a few minutes, she testifies. She was falling down for like four and five hours. She was seeing visions. She was seeing realities. She, she said she saw three white, uh, like white wearing people and somebody touched her. Obviously it's not me. <laughs> I left the house. Um, so this miracle took place and I, I glorify the, the Lord for this. Um, it, it uplifted my faith. It uplifted my spiritual life. And I saw the move of the Lord in this, in this woman. She's now in wonder, fully healthy, walking, moving, eating. I think she's also trying to get into business now. Wow, that is, that is such a beautiful story, Caleb. Wow. And I'm sure that just strengthened your faith even, even more so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So Caleb, what kind of, what kind of work are you doing, doing now with Rick? So I just joined JDC back uh, as a full-timer. I'm now helping them with marketing and communications. So mm -hmm. trying to reach out um, on social media and his website uh, for Dr. Rick and uh, JDC. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I just, I just had to have you tell that story and hope we'll get, hopefully we'll get Rick on there soon. Do you, do you have any words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to share before we, before we sign off? Um, this is something that I've learned from Dr. Rick uh, in life. If you find your purpose, I believe you find most of the things you need in life. And uh, Dr. Rick told me that finding what you love doing, what you are born to do, uh, is what you need to know. If you have secured that information to you, if you have discovered that, I think majority of the work of your life is done. Then you can enjoy life. Well, thank you so much. And I hope to, I hope to see you in a couple of months when I come back, come back out to Addis, 
had to take a little break because of everything going on in the world. But um, I miss you. <laughs> and, I miss you too. Yes. So we will, we will definitely stay in touch. And thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and happy to be here. Yes, thank you. And you have a great evening there. So you have a good rest of the evening. All right. You okay. too. Have a good day. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.